my guest today on the Purpose and Principles podcast. I'm grateful to introduce Levi Lindsay. He's the co-founder at VidArmy. And his LinkedIn bio is kind of fun. It's simple, but he says, I've been part of creating businesses from the ground up, and I've learned how to make a business fun to work for, to grow like crazy, and to be sustainable. I have the ability to speak with people and articulate a message to teach new concepts. And when I asked Levi a little bit about that, he actually gave me a bit more background, but he grew up in in Utah. He has a one and a half year old daughter. And uh, he apparently says that she's wrapped, uh, she, she has him wrapped around her finger. <laughs> and he loves to do, uh, take his, uh, do, do some dirt biking up in the mountains every chance he gets. He served a mission for his church, and he started a few small businesses, but he considers Vid Army his greatest accomplishment. And they have goals to revolutionize the video production industry, making it affordable and easy. Levi, I'm glad you're on the show to talk about your startups and the story of, of, of what you're doing and how you guys are leading. Thank you. I, I'm super grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome to have you here. You know, I see a lot of the activity you guys do on LinkedIn. You guys are sharing some positive messages out there. Um, tell me your story a little bit. Where did this all begin? And, uh, you know, some people make assumptions, you know, that, uh, wow, some people just have it all made. But you're, you guys are just telling your stories and you're being very vulnerable out there. Um, where did this all begin? Well, um, so I had started a few other businesses um, and really the way I would phrase it is they were push businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not shoveling coal, they're not um, producing there. You can push really hard and they can grow really fast. And as soon as you pull away, they start to shrink. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I, I realized in doing those businesses, that's not sustainable. I'm not building equity in anything this isn't ever going to be something that lasts forever or makes an impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd been just wondering and thinking and hoping and wishing. And, and um, I had some friends that gave me some advice because I, I wanted to do business. My wife reluctantly allowed me to finally be an entrepreneur. And I, and um, I, I was like, okay, I don't know what business I want to do. I don't even know where I'm going to go. Or I do think I need a partner though to do it. And so I um, was living in our parents' basement with my wife. Um, We hadn't had our baby yet. And um, I was assigned as what at the time was called a home teacher. So in our ward or congregation of the LDS faith, um, they basically assign you friends. (laughs) And But Johnny became a real friend. Um, And Johnny had this amazing idea, and he was this amazing entrepreneur that um, had a great head on his shoulders and just – there was just something about him. I wanted to go into business with him and I think he was the partner I was looking for. And so him and I took this idea that he had and it already made successful and turned it into VidArmy. And he was generous enough to let me in on his idea. And from there, um, we, a couple weeks after forming the LLC, we went and met with our first client opportunity and we p- pitched him the idea of VidArmy and he threw his credit card on the table um, about a few sentences in and we said, okay, I think we've got something here. And then I was like, man, we like, this is going to be so easy. We're going to be millionaires this year. But that was, uh, <laughs> it was a long, um, a lot of work ahead from there. Um, when was that? When did that start? Um, so we started in April, April 1st, 2018. Okay. 2018. So that's the first year. And you're thinking, wow, this is just gonna be crazy. It's going to be amazing. So continue. So um, 
then it was just kind of because we were doing a long game approach and our clients weren't worth much. Um, it took a lot to get to break even. And so it was really just winning one client over at a time. We didn't have any money for advertising. So it was just letting people know uh, one person at a time, one event at a time, one marketing event at a time, one networking event at a time. It just letting people know, um, vid army, vid army, vid army. And, and we didn't spend any, we, we spent like 600 bucks on an advertisement once and it didn't really do anything. And that was all the advertising to this date that we've actually spent. Mm. Uh, so now we're two and a half, almost two and a half years in, and we've got about 15 um, team members now. That's fantastic. 15 team members. You guys are growing like crazy, it seems, to uh, get your message out there. So yeah. you, you, you talked about you know creating a business that's more sustainable, and obviously you're gaining some traction, which is really, really exciting. So what's the why behind it? You, you know, it's more than just sustainability or you know, creating a successful business. For you, what, what keeps you in the game? Um, my, my personal why is my family mm-hmm. um, and to create, I really, the reason I wanted to become an entrepreneur is I wanted to do something that I didn't hate doing mm-hmm. and provide a healthy income for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but little did I know entrepreneurs work 80 hours for themselves so they don't have to work 40 hours for someone else. That's but, a true but, statement. That's a true statement. My, my why has certainly evolved within the with the world impact that VidArmy will have. I think ultimately we're solving the pain. Um, I like what Johnny Hanna from Homie says, is he says when you disrupt a market or any business really, you're, you're solving human pain. Mm-hmm. But what, what pain are you solving? Mm-hmm. And with us, it's the pain. Video, making video has just been a pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a pain on your budget. It's been a pain on your time and it's just been stressful. And so we're trying to take that out. So, so I love that. And you guys are very, very clear about what you're hoping to accomplish. Of course, you're working 80 hours for yourselves instead of 40 hours for someone else. But, but you're finding satisfaction in that, I'm guessing, because yeah. you're out there doing it and you guys are committed to this. What would you say to other entrepreneurs or those who are still struggling with their idea um, but they, but they're hearing this going, man, I'm motivated to do something here. What would you say to them? Um, play the long game and be patient and persistent. Yeah. Um, um, Warren Buffett was, I, he was talking to either Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, but, um, one of, one of them asked Warren Buffett, your, your formula for success seems so easy. Why doesn't everyone do it? And Warren Buffett said, it's easy. Nobody wants to get rich slow. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, everyone wants these quick solutions, but building something sustainable, long-term and impactful just takes time. So now that you have a, a group of people, I mean, 15 employees out there all working with you on this, have you found it to be hard sometimes to let go of some of the ideas you guys originally had or... How do you motivate people and how's working with new people and those you might not disagree or those you might not agree with all the time? How's that impacted you and and your leadership style? Um, So I I think it's really one thing that I'm learning lately is, is there are geniuses out there and I don't know everything. And you've got to put, you've got to bring geniuses on the team that know more than you. Mm -hmm. And I think some leaders might be intimidated by that. Um, and I, I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I, not only do I not know everything, 
I know pretty little. And we built this. So we just recently brought on a CEO, a killer CS person. And so we're just, we're bringing on these amazing, talented people from other startups that just know more than us. And, and I'm just like our editors. I don't know how to edit our filmers. I don't know how to film like they do. Like everyone knows more than me. And to be a leader, you need to recognize that and let people thrive in their genius and hopefully try to get out of the way while managing it appropriately, I guess. Yeah, and that's a great question. I love the fact that you guys are announcing all these new you know, leadership roles and, 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 and candidly saying, hey, I know people are, are doing some stuff that, that I don't do, frankly. So how do you manage that when it comes to people who might... Uh, disagree with each other or when conflict arises or when different opinions come up and how do you guys encourage a level of humility so that the egos don't get in the way? Um, I mean, everyone has, there's a lot of big personalities when you start bringing on experts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's a, that's a good question. I think um, cultivating a culture of love and respect Mm -hmm. um, helps with it. When there are disagreements, everyone understands. Okay. At the end of the day, I love this person. And so like we can get past this and we can come to some sort of an agreement. So if the under Tony, if the underlying tone is love, then it, it'll be fine. What do you say to those who say, Oh my word, you can't use love in the workplace. Oh man. So, uh, Jackie, um, our, um, director of, of client success just posted a, um, LinkedIn post yesterday. Um, that talked about how we say I love you. And at first she was like, this is kind of weird. But then after a few weeks, um, we said it to her and she's like, okay, I get it. And um, I, it, I I guess I hadn't quite realized that we had kind of built it into the culture until she had really mentioned it. But we do, we, when people leave the, the room, we say, hey, love you. And it's, it can get a little uncomfortable at first, but after a while it's, it, it brings that good underlying tone, I guess. Like, you know, like all good efforts, um, I've, I've, I've seen places where the culture starts really strong and it goes sideways after a while. What are you guys doing to try to maintain and keep that good? And then how do you do it so that it doesn't lose power or meaning? You know, a lot of words out there, a lot of companies write beautiful posters on the wall uh, declaring what they do and what they, what they say they do, but delivering on that's really, really difficult. How do you guys do this yeah. so that it doesn't become cliche or taken for granted or just, you know, Hey, let's get rid of that. We're tired of that. Yeah. I think, um, actually doing it, um, we don't have posters on the walls. We don't really have our, our only one thing that we've actually really solidified, um, before we even made a business plan. Um, as we really started to grow, we wanted to have four immutable laws. Aaron, one of the co-founders really led that and it's been, it's helped us keep our heads on straight moving forward. The first is family and and quality of life. Um, And then the second is growth. Third, sustainability. And fourth, don't be a tool. Mm -hmm. And we, family is number one. We used to have growth as number one. And then we realized we really want family to be the first one. So it's what we think about first. It's our, it's all of our whys. It's if, if we if we build a billion dollar company, but we're all divorced and our kids hate us, then we didn't do it right. So you make a big point here. So what would that look like in when the rubber hits the road with family being the first priority? What does that look like for people when they need to take some time off? 
sometimes you need to let balls drop. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to let some things go. It, that's been extremely hard for me. <laughs> you can ask my wife. I mean, I was a ball of stress. We went to Hawaii our first year of starting the business. and I was just a ball of stress um, because I was just worried about the business. One thing, um, Aaron, our, my partner that we brought on after a year, um, he's helped me realize is one day, one week isn't going to make or break the business. So you have to stop and take those deep breaths. The way Nick, our CEO, would put it is you need to learn to slow before the turn. Take a, take a deep breath, stop, evaluate. Um, it's one thing that I've always struggled with because I get into the trenches and I start working and working and working. I, I get panic attacks and, and I, I need to learn to take a deep breath, reevaluate, and then jump back in. Um, it's, been really, it's been really hard for me to do that though. So I'm not, I, I can't teach you how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I appreciate, but I appreciate, you know, being very candid with listeners today. I mean, talking about what you, what's basically keeping you up at night, right? You you talk about family first, growth being second, and then repeat third and fourth again for me. Third is sustainability and fourth is don't be a tool. Can you elaborate on those again? Growth seems pretty obvious, but you're growing in terms of market share. We want to take over the world. We want to be in every major city in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then sustainability is um, one really wise man once told me most businesses don't die from starvation. They die from indigestion. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in the service business, that's true is you can't take on a, on a hundred thousand dollar project and not fulfill on it. You've got to be able to sustainably grow. Um, and man, our team is great at helping us with that. Um, and then the fourth, don't be a tool is we believe in being kind. Um, we're not perfect, but we need to foster love and kindness always first and not just be rude to each other. And that's the easy way is to just show your frustration in a mean way. Um, but the kind, we want to always do it in a kind way. Hey, I, I'm frustrated. <laughs> not, hmm. hey, like we don't want to snap at each other. Yeah. Uh, because that doesn't help anything. So if, so if someone... Let's let's say breaks the rule and and kind of acts like a tool. Do you have guys have permission to call each other out, or how do you manage that so that you make sure that this continues to be real? We try to. I I mean to be completely honest, one one aspect in leadership I've always struggled with is sometimes I'll, I'll either be too easy on people because I want to avoid conflict, mm-hmm. and so I don't say anything, and then I don't get a good result, mm-hmm. or I'm too blunt and I come across like a tool. And so um, I've broken the rule several times and there's always room to break the rule. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's, are you trying to not break the rule? I mean, that's really the rules of life, right? It's none of us are perfect, but are we trying to become better? And when someone stops trying, that's when we have a real issue. Got it. So it's more about, hey, if you show up with a motive of doing the right thing, you could have a bad day and everyone's willing to forgive. We're good with that. Yeah. It's if you keep showing up over and over consistently, running over people, you know, talking down on people and basically just hurting other people, that that's when it yep. gets destructive. 100%. Yep. Yeah. So you guys are so you guys are willing to say, "Hey, let's just let's just move forward. Let's move forward. We know we're imperfect, but hey, we're imperfect together and we're doing this and we're going to we're not quitting." Yeah. Johnny and Nick and Aaron, um, are a lot better at the, at the love. I, I have a hard time being like, okay, this person just had a bad day. 
but they just always love you no matter what. Um, and that's one thing I'm still trying to figure out is how do you love someone that just snapped at you? <laughs> Got it. So that yeah. willingness to be able to let go or to be able to forgive and to be able to move on. Yes. Yes. And, and give more chances. And that's something I, yeah. It, and that's, that's ultimately what makes a team good is, is having people that know more than you and have character traits that you'd want and that they can help you foster and you can help them foster. Um, but it doesn't work if you're a closed book and you've, you know it all and you've learned everything. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of um, groups, when they first get started, they, if they get some infighting internally, they get nervous that maybe this is wrong or we all should back out. When in fact, it's just, it's just imperfect people having a dialogue, but how you manage that dialogue so that it doesn't become a fight but it just becomes a, a, a product, a better product because we hurt each other out. Yeah. I love, I love the way Johnny um, puts it. Um, Johnny, the one I started it with, um, he says that any good relationship um, like a marriage is real. Like you, you fight and you have issues and you talk through them. If you don't ever have any problems, then your relationship is superficial and it's not a real relationship. Mm. And so in our business partnership, we fight and it's, and we always have to bring it back and say, okay, we love each other just like you would in a marriage. And, and it makes it, it, those, those little cuts, um, create, um, I just like anything conflict makes you grow and it makes a relationship grow. It makes you grow personally. It makes a business grow. Conflict is, is the spark of growth, you know? When in doubt, come back to purpose, right? When in doubt, yeah. go back to the purpose. And that's why we're here. That's what we're doing this together. Yeah. What, what would you say to those who, your haters or your critics, you know, sometimes we we get weird, you know, stuff from outside as well. So it's not just, you know, internally, and you guys are, seem to be managing this culture in a pretty productive way. Um, and you're grounded in purpose, which I love because you keep coming back to it. Uh, what do you do with uh, the haters or the critics out there who say, oh, this will never succeed or, you know, this can never work. And a lot of listeners out there today are struggling saying, gosh, that's, I just don't know if I have the confidence to be able to manage what you're doing because I might be criticized. What do you say? Yeah. Um, Grant Cardone says that if you don't have haters, then you're not doing enough. Hmm. And so the more earth you shake, the more people you talk to, the more clients you get, the more employees you get, you're going to get more and more haters. And it's a great indication that you're doing something right because you're pushing hard at your goal. Um, and so haters are actually a really, really, really good indication that you're taking enough massive action, as Grant Cardone would say. Well, well said. How do you manage then to not let that keep you up at night? How do you keep it so that those critics' words don't uh, ring in your head, you know, just nagging at you? Yeah, man, it's hard because as um, the more engagement I get on LinkedIn, the more I get these little comments that are like, I, I posted a video of my dot of my daughter and we were playing and I said, I'm, I'm grateful that COVID I'm grateful for COVID today because it made me work from home and I wouldn't have had this moment of my daughter laughing at me throwing a ball down the stairs and someone commented and ripped a few people commented and ripped me to shreds. And they were just like, man, how dare you say that about COVID and say you're grateful for a pandemic and people are dying. And, and, I, and it's, 
you know, they can just, they can think that it's not what I meant. Right. And it, you sit there and you, you write out a few comments to them and then delete them and then write a, write another one and then delete it. And then you just realize I'm not going to change this person's mind or perspective by commenting. Um, clearly there's a lot of people that love the video cause it got like 20 or 30,000 views, but, um, yeah, you have to, it's, if you let it, it can like eke at you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So for those who are listening, I'm hoping that people, you know, just taking these little sound bites, but understanding that the critics aren't necessarily a bad thing either, right? So we have conflict from within. We got to ground ourselves back in purpose and realize that that's just part of the journey. If we do it in a respectful way, we can certainly have disagreements and we'll actually be better because we were safe to talk about them rather than not talk about them. On the flip side, on the external side, when people are criticizing us, like you said, you're, you're shaking enough ground that you're actually getting some attention. Mm-hmm. You know, now the other day you shared a story on LinkedIn that I thought was pretty, pretty cool. And so I shared it uh, as a repost, but you guys, someone on the side of the road needed help on a change of attire. Can you just tell me the quick story there? And, uh, and then maybe we'll try to bring this all to a close. I know you've got a lot of things to do today as well. And our listeners are probably almost done with their runs and their exercise. We got to make sure we stay on time, <laughs> but uh, yeah. tell me the story. Um, so Aaron and I, um, so we brought Aaron on as a partner about a year into the business and Aaron is Johnny's brother-in-law, amazing guy, just one of the most loving, caring people you'll ever meet in your life. Just has a really level head on his shoulders and is a great businessman. Um, we were moving out of our trolley square office into our new office here in downtown. And, um, we had a big trailer and a truck full and we were driving off and we stopped on the side of the road. Um, this lady was crying in her car, her tire had fallen off and just shredded her bumper and it, it broke off the screws that you screwed the tire onto. It was so bad. Mm. Um, and so Aaron sees her in her car crying. He's like, I think that lady's crying. And I'm thinking, oh, we really got to get back. I'm tired. I was just moving. Um, and so we, he pulls over and he says, let's help her. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And so we get in there, we start trying to fix the tire. We work on it for about 20 minutes the whole time. I'm just checking my watch and checking my phone thinking, okay, we can't help her. We can't help her. Like, sorry, lady, but you're out of luck. Um, but Aaron was like determined. He tried to like MacGyver it and fix it so that it could like, we could at least roll it forward a little bit, but just, it wasn't working. And so finally he said, let's call a tow truck and let's have the business pay for it. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so he called a tow truck and I don't know what happened from there. Um, but I, I've always admired, um, people, Johnny and Aaron are amazing at this. I've always admired people that can see someone in need and run immediately to the aid of that person. Yeah. Um, instead of thinking about it, Oh, they've probably got, I, I always justify it. Oh, they've probably got, someone that they have a cell phone, they could call someone or, Oh, they probably have like a mom or a brother or a sister that can come help or, Oh, they, they've probably got a grip on it or they've already called someone, but Aaron and Johnny, they're great at just, Oh, someone's in need. Hey, are you okay? And then, okay, you don't look okay. So let me help. Let me jump in. Um, and so I, that's one thing I'd love to learn more, um, is just immediately, see a need, feel a need. I've always loved that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think that's the big distinction for me between living a certain way to really want to help and be of service to others. And those who might just be virtue signaling, 
that, you know, trying to mock or shame other people into thinking about doing good, but not really doing good themselves or doing something, but trying to get, um, get attention for it as opposed to just doing it for the right reason. And I think Mm -hmm. what the way you described it and why I reposted it is because I believe that when we do things with the right motive, people know it and they can feel it. And, and that's very, very different than someone who's just virtue signaling something. And that's why I reposted it because I felt like exactly the way you just described that it was very genuine and very real. And I hope that people today will also figure or feel inclined that when they, when they feel that prompting to go help someone or they see someone in need, be part of the answer, be part of the solution. I'm not saying don't be safe. I mean, be safe, obviously, if it, if it makes sense you know, do something if you can, but help where we can serve where we can, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's a stranger, whether it's someone, if we feel like there's something we can do, let's go do it. Let's don't just step back and wait for someone else to go be part of the solution. Yeah. And, and in doing that, I think we forget about our own problems. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one step, Levi, one step further for me. I honestly believe that our own problems actually become a lot smaller when we are in service to other people. Yeah. I really believe that. It's the reason why I have a hobby farm, frankly. So I live on a hobby farm. I have two kids that I'm raising them on a farm because I want them to be responsible for something other than themselves. Yeah. And I don't want them to just think about their only, that they're the only thing in the time zone. So here we're raising, we're raising animals, you know, we're breeding sheep. We, we have life and death on the farm. We have bees, we have a garden, we have dogs and rabbits and, chickens and and my kids are responsible for running this farm in a way that 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 makes sure those animals are safe and healthy yeah uh and i hope i hope that that's something we can do you know in all of our lives whether it's a farm or whether it's just being in service to a neighbor or just taking time out of our day to regularly volunteer so thank you for sharing that example and for sharing that on on linkedin i'm glad you guys are doing what you do and that you're willing to be so vulnerable. If there's one last piece of advice you'd share with folks uh, that you'd want them to remember from this conversation today, what would what would you leave them with? Oh man, um, don't rely on yourself. Be patient with yourself, and anything that is great and worth doing takes time. And don't give up just before success is around the corner. And ask yourself what success really means to you. A big piece. Levi Lindsay, co-founder of Vid Army. Thank you for being on the Purpose and Principles podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Loved it. Thank you.